This is Rainbow Six Radio, bringing you the Next Generation Podcast for talk, news, and information for all things Rainbow Six. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rainbow Six Radio. This is going to be episode 17 and Captain and I will be talking about all the new things that are happening with the reveal for Operation Steel Wave. So just coming up in this show, uh, let's break it down what we are going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the two new operators, Ace and Malusi, going over the house rework impressions that we've seen as uh, we've gotten a little bit of chance to play them. We're also going to be going over uh, some of Ubisoft's information, how we were going to be getting some features this season, but they didn't have time to make them in and what that means going forward. We're going to talk about the new proximity alarm secondary gadget, new weapon attachment skins, the new operator balancing for a whole variety of new operators, changes to ranked, just as usual, jam-packed with all kinds of information. I'm tired just introducing all of that. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a nap now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's it's a lot of good information, though. This is this is I'm excited about this episode. So the start of every new season definitely winds up feeling like a time when there's a, a, a for content creators, right? That as people who produce content that we share with the community to give them the newest update, the newest information, what have you, the beginnings and lead ups to new seasons are always this flurry of activity of like everything kind of just comes in like a like a waterfall, you know, right. And so there's a lot of stuff to really get into uh, every season around that time. So I guess with the first uh, part of that, let's jump into talking about Ace. So he is our newest Norwegian attacking operator. Uh, and we got a chance to play him on the test server. And, you know, we've been uh, following all the information that was coming out with Ace prior to the test server going live. But, uh, you know, we, we hopped on the test server and we spent some time with him. So um, Ace, for those that don't know, is the attacking operator from Norway, and he has a, it's called a Selma breaching charge. Essentially, it is a three-stage sequential breaching device. Each of the three stages uh, makes a hole about the size of a mirror hole, like as if you drop the black mirror, or maybe, maybe it'd be better to say a Hibana hole. Yeah. So it makes a hole about the size of a Hibana hole, and uh, then... If all three, it's it's like a, a delay, like one goes off, then like one, two, three, another one goes off, one, two, three, and then the third one goes off. So if you uh, get two of those, then you have like a hole that's like a Hibana double wide hole. And then if you get all three of them, it's not quite as high as a thermite hole. Or um, as wide. Yeah, it, it's smaller. It's, it's a little leaner, yeah. Yeah, but um, if you place it right, you can fully walk through the hole. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not quite as tall as the thermite hole, but it's, it's close. I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think also, um, the way you were kind of explaining it to me last night while we were playing, um, is really cool how it's not actually explosions and it's like water pressure. Yeah, that's really cool. So his whole thing is he's a search and rescue guy, right? Um, he'll, he'll go down and get people out of, you know, collapsed building in an earthquake or whatever, and he'll get them out. So his whole backstory is that he's got, like, some some medical training and he's search and rescue, and so he wanted to come up with a way to get at uh, survivors of disasters um, where you needed to clear the rubble to get to them, but he, he wanted to not injure them in the process of, of retrieving them. So he went for a type of breaching method that doesn't have anything to do with explosives. Uh, and it's really cool the idea is that it's like high, highly pressurized water 
Um, and, and there are actually things like this where like you can, um, I, I don't know what they're called, but they're like essentially like these super high pressure water cutters that like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. they'll cut right through solid steel, like a laser yep. beam, you know, it's just that high pressure water kind of a thing. And so that's what he has going on here. So if you're standing right on the other side of the detonation when it goes off, like you might take like five damage or so. I 10 think I damage. took ten damage. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like, if you're like literally rubbing against the other side of the wall when it goes off, but even if you're just like a foot back, you're you're really not going to take any damage. So it goes off with um, this power of of like this water spray, and you can see. So when it when it detonates, you don't have like the fire based explosion that you would see with like a thermite or a hibana or whatever. You see like the the water spray is the explosion instead. Mm-hmm. And then one little cool thing that I showed you that I noticed is that around the edges of the hole that is left behind, oh it's yeah, super reflective. Yeah. And at first that threw me for a loop. Like, what is it? Like, is it interacting with the texture somehow? And it kind of like messed it up. And I realized, oh no, because it's like a water detonation. It's like now the the reinforced wall or or if it's a soft wall, it'll do it on a soft wall, whatever. That texture is now wet from the right. water explosion. And you can actually see the way it kind of like on the edges, like it's it's pure water. And then as it goes out a little further, it sort of spatters off with the wetness. Yep. It's such a cool little attention to detail. It is. Well, and, and another thing that that I was kind of talking about last night, too, um, is uh, along with the like the pure reflect like you can actually see the map behind you. So like we were doing it in the garage of house and we could actually see the car behind us, like looking in the reflection. We could see the garage door behind us looking through the reflection. Mm-hmm. The only thing you couldn't see was the actual operator itself. But, I mean, you know, that's just a small detail. But the fact that they just, like, added that in was so cool. Yeah. It was so cool. You know, now that you're talking about that, though, and you're right. Like, we could see the garage behind us in the reflection of the water pattern on the wall there. But, like, I wonder, and I wasn't paying enough attention to know this for sure, but I wonder, is it an actual reflection map that, like, is copying what it's seeing? So, for instance, if it was reflecting the garage behind us, if little garage was breached open, would it show the accurate breach or would it be like, no, right. it's still, you know, um, because then if it's that accurate, like, wouldn't it be cool if you could reflect the operators and then you right. could almost use it as like, if you're hiding behind the the truck or mm-hmm. the van that's in there or whatever, like you could almost like if you were in just the right position and you were close enough to that reflective service, almost use it like a mirror to like right. give you Intel, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's not quite the- that accurate. Mm-hmm. The mirror to mirror. Yeah, I'm yeah. here for that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he has this. And, and the weird, I think this is weird. I don't know if you do. It's weird that it comes in a grenade. Yeah, it's that's like, weird to me too. It's like the size of Gridlock's grenade. Like it's a, it's yep. a, it's a thick, chunky grenade. Mm-hmm. Um, But when he throws it, like it has these three charges. And then each charge like unfolds these like inspector gadget arms or whatever mm-hmm. um, before it detonates. It seems to me like that's just a lot of stuff <laughs> to fit inside to of a grenade. In, like, exactly. Yeah. I, I could see well, one. And especially the amount of water and stuff that probably is needed to actually make those size breachable holes. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, I'm not I'm not going to complain too much because it's pretty badass. But <laughs> oh, no, for sure. I mean, we are talking about a video game where people carry two expandable metal walls in their back pocket. And then in the other back pocket, they have an infinite supply of wooden barricades. So, (laughs) you know, 
Yes, it is a video game at the end of the day, <laughs> and sometimes realism has to take a sidestep to, uh, you know, gameplay. But Sense. So, yeah, these, these things go off in three stages, right? And you can interrupt them at any stage, either from the attacker side or the defender side. They do have a little canister on them. It looks a little bit like the canister on the bottom of a mirror window. And if you as an attacker decide to shoot that canister, you can interrupt the sequence. Or if a defender gets around to that other side or has an angle on it, they can do it. Uh, you can hit the canister with like a maestro turret or whatever. So you can stop it from that side. If you're on the inside as a defender, um, you can, of course, you know, any kind of electrical devices work against it. So Kaid and Bandit and whatever work against it. Um, you can mute jam it. The interesting thing is if you use a mute jammer on it, uh, it just it freezes it in position. So then what would happen is if, say, an attacker wound up shooting the mute jammer once they got into the room, or maybe a Twitch drone rolled in there and zapped the jammer, uh, it would resume its animation sequence. It would continue right. to unfold as soon as that mute jammer was was gone, uh, which is an interesting gameplay dynamic. Yeah. Beyond that, you can also... Um, bandit tricking is pretty easy to do because there's a delay between each of the three sequences. So, you know, maybe you can stop that first one from going off. Maybe you can't. But even if you don't, you will stop the second and third stages from going off. Uh, and if you don't have anybody that can do, like, with the electrical stuff, right, mm -hmm. if you don't have a bandit or whatever, you can also impact trick. So once that first top section goes off, before the next two sections uh, wind up coming down, you can essentially throw an impact grenade through that hole and, you know, you'll want to hit it at, like, the ceiling or something like that so you get, like, that immediate detonation. But then that will destroy the charge on the other side and prevent it from dropping down any further, at least. Yep. So when I first saw this operator revealed, I was like, whoa, like, why would you ever take this guy? He looks, like, better than Hibana and Thermite put together because he's got, like, a hole that you can walk through, like Thermite. Even if it's a little shorter, you can still walk through it. Um and he's got the ability to put three of those out, whereas Thermite can only do two. And he's got the ability to do it from range, like Hibana. And maybe it's not quite as far of a range, but it's still a pretty generous range. So like he yep. seems better in every instance. But then as we played with him, I was like, you know, the bandit tricking is, is really easy against him. Yep. Impact tricking is super viable. Um, it's, so it seems like maybe he's not as much to worry about as I had maybe initially feared. Yeah, um, and I'll, I mean to be to be perfectly honest, um, when uh, the initial, you know, when when it came out as Odin, and they had you know the spider drone and all of that, that seemed like a more overpowered operator than Ace. Um, not saying Ace isn't going to bring so much more to the table. Um, for for um, the attackers, but it's I, I don't think it's going to be the level of we immediately need to start banning this person. Um, I think there's going to be people that really enjoy playing with Ace, and then I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be like, I like Habana or I like Thermite more. Well, another area where Thermite and Habana will outshine him is that he needs to use two of his charges to get through a reinforced hatch. Yep. And Hibana only needs one, although she does need to get all of her pellets on it to do it. So Correct. if she only gets a couple pellets on, it still won't work. But if she gets, you know, if she gets her whole charge on there, 
Uh, she can she can blow it out in one use of her device, and Thermite can of course just use one of his too. Yeah. Uh, now, if it's a soft hatch, he can still do it in one charge. Right. But if it's reinforced, it takes two. Um, what else did we discover with him? Uh, so with his charges, you can throw them on ceilings and floors. Yep. But they only they don't do the three stage sequence. It's just the it's single stage. The single stage. Yep. Um, and I think one of the really cool things we figured out about that um, was the fact that most operators, I mean, except for Habana, um, but if you're trying to take out um, the floor, you have to do it from above normally, unless obviously like you have impact grenades or something, but then you'd be on defense, so it wouldn't matter. Um, so like to be able to throw the gadget onto the ceiling and have it open up that way and not have to like do it from up down. You can do it from down up. Uh, right. I think that was pretty cool. But it's not the hole that leaves behind is, is not quite the same size as a breach and charge hole. Nope. It's about it's longer though. It's kind of, it's kind of like a mirror window again. Like the width of one. Cer- the width yeah. of one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like long and skinny. Um, but like when you compare it to a breaching charge hole on a floor, for instance, I would say it's maybe 60 to 75% as wide. Right. Does that sound about right from what we saw? Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. But I just thought it was really cool that you could throw it up on a ceiling and kind of use it that way or whatever. Like in one way it's like, well, that's kind of wasting the gadget, but you know, maybe you already have a thermite and a Hibana on your team and maybe they've already cracked open the walls. So like, you know, Maybe you you can't really make use of Ace as much as you would want to in that case um, because, like, the work's already been done. Right. So then this gives you some options, either if you're either above or below the site, to still be able to do something. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, he he, he does I, also have normal breaching charges, too. Right. I think it's also kind of, you know, obviously this is going to be a situational thing, um, but being – you know, like if you're uh, securing area um, and you're ace and you're below the objective and you have someone in objective, you know, that's on your team um, and you want to cover from below and, you know, like you don't want to just randomly shoot shotgun shells up into the, you know, um, floor and, you know, maybe hit your teammate you know doing doing one of these charges will be very little damage to them and it'll still give you a nice size hole that you can you know protect from below yeah well and i think too so again i'm just thinking of the situation where like maybe you already have a thermite in a hibana yep uh so maybe they've already cracked open the valid walls and so as ace you know you get above the top of the site and then he's got the breaching charges Plus, he's got his uh, Selma charges. So, like, you can sit there and you can put uh, – currently, he has three. They are going to wind up knocking operators with breaching charges down to two at some down point to two, in the future. Yeah. But, so, you know, he can put down a couple of normal breaching charges plus three Selma charges on the floor above an objective. And, again, this is assuming a scenario where, like, Thermite and Hibana has kind of taken away your need to be doing the walls. Um, but then, like, you know, he can throw those grenades out pretty quick. So, like, he can lay down the breaching charge and then also, like, one, two, three, toss out all three of the Selma charges while they're unfolding and blowing up, hit that breaching charge. And, like, in the span of 10 seconds, you can have four or five holes in the ceiling. Right. That's insane. It is. It's crazy. <laughs> what uh, 
what, what did you think about his kit too? So he's got that fuses AK twelve. He's yep. got um, uh, thermite and hip, uh, not hip, uh, pulse thermite pulse and castles M ten fourteen shotgun. Yep. And then he's got the you know the handgun is just standard. Uh, and then he's got breaching charges and smoke grenades. What do you think of that kit? Um. It's not terrible. I think um, originally, once again, going back to when we thought it was Odin, I think he had... Um, he had the AK, and then it was also had, rumored that he was going to have Jackal's C-70. Jackals, yeah. Um, so, like, I like the AK. Um, you know, I'm not really a shotgun person for the most part. Um, so, I, you know, I, I enjoy Fuse's AK. Um, and, you know, breaching charges, that makes sense. I have a feeling, though, that, like, down the road, um, people are going to complain because it's going to be too much equipment to, like, blow holes into stuff. Um, and, you know, the, I, I feel like eventually they're going to replace his breaching charges with something else. I agree. Um, I think he'll probably get, like, clay, uh, not claymore, um, flashbangs or something. Flashbangs, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things that it, it makes sense. Totally makes sense, you know, based on this operator and his backstory. Yeah. Um, but for balancing purposes via Pro League, it's going to change. I think that um, he's also going to – it's always interesting to have a hard breacher that then has smoke grenades. Because yeah. it's like not, now they can – not only can they penetrate the site, but then they can also cover that entrance. Yep. You know, it's like two two functions in one sort of, and that's super useful. Yep. And I, I do feel like that probably will give him a bump in pick rates in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed him. Um, but as usual, it was a little underwhelming for me. Really? So, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I had fun. I had fun, and I think he will be a good addition but I don't see myself personally going out of my way to play Ace. I don't know that I see him as underwhelming, but I see him as like when I first saw him, I was like, he's so much better than Thermite Himbound. And then when I played wow. him, I'm like, oh, he's actually kind of easy to counter between yeah. bandit tricking or, uh, you know. Even Kaid tricking because those second and third stages take so long. It takes. It, I, I. I. We should have timed how long it takes from when it initially hits the wall to completely do the three part breach. Uh, we should have done that, but whatever. It's a slow um, process to go through all is. three stages. So by that time, you know you've got the bandit or a Kaid or or mute can move a jammer or uh, somebody can throw an impact grenade or a C four or. You know, there's so many different ways that, like, I'm like, oh, I would say, if anything, he's maybe a little bit underwhelming from the side of he's actually a little easier to counter than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's kind of like, and I mean, this is an interesting transition into his um, uniform and headgear, Um, (laughs) but he kind of just seems like, you know, like, if you go into, like, a superhero perspective, um, you know, you have Thermite and Habana who have this clear role, and they kick ass at doing it, and, you know, they're super good at it, and then it's like, um, what's that, what what was that... um, Amazon show that you got me into, uh, the boys, the boys. Yeah. The boys. It's kind of like a superhero like that. Just like, what the hell are you doing? Well, that, and what? like 
one of the art assets they showed of him. I don't know if you saw this one or not, but there's like it's his thing is search and rescue, right? So like mm-hmm. he's got somebody in like a like one of those like helicopter stretchers where they're about to reel him up, like like he rescued them from the disaster site or whatever. Yeah. And he's like he's got he's like throwing up like like the um the the devil horns with taking a selfie with the guy, like I'm your rescuer. Here's a pic, right. you know. Here's a selfie. And he's like, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway up, one of the cords breaks, and the dude just falls down. But like, hey, oh, got that selfie. <laughs> I got that selfie. That's all they're gonna know. <laughs> okay, so final opinion on Ace, just based on our preliminary test server sessions, and uh, you know, kind of what we thought of them. Um, good edition, bad edition. Uh, I, I do think that it's going to be a good addition to attackers. Um, I, I definitely feel like as of late, I really haven't had a lot of really good things to say about the new operators. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as much as I say that I feel like Ace is a bit underwhelming, and I mean, you kind of intensive not intensified but you added on because it's more of like a easy counter um i do still feel like his loadout and his ability is still very useful mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to kind of be I, I also feel like it's going to kind of be like one of those situations um we run into this a lot that you know, we'll we all pick the operators that we like to play and then there's 3 seconds left and it's like oh we don't have a hard breacher I feel like at least in our group of people, there's going to be someone that enjoys playing ace enough that that that'll be less of a problem now. I can see that. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'll say before we segue into the next part is, mm-hmm. um, man, I really wanted him to be called Odin, though. So did I. <laughs> I was so disappointed when I saw like the the reveal and it was like Ace and Malusi, and I was like. You mean Odin? And then I saw him, and, like, my, my, what I saw Odin, like, based on everything that you said, was this, like, beast of a Norwegian dude with, like, a mohawk and, like, a scar down, you know, one of his eyes and just, like, a total badass. And this dude just looks like a freaking nerd. We were talking a little <laughs> bit. What did we say he reminded us of, um, uh, Cartman from South Park when he dresses yeah. up as a superhero. The coon. Because <laughs> he's got that black bandit mask on his face and it just looks it's, like a total goof. Oh, uh, it honestly though, like, and I mean, we, we were talking about this last night too. Um, but I, I definitely feel like if he comes out with a headgear that doesn't have that like black face mask and it's just like the helmet with the um, little light and stuff it would be significantly less ridiculous looking. Yeah. Like he just I, looks like a damn fool. <laughs> I agree. He looks he looks like a like a little boy that like swiped like a, a black scarf and poked some holes in it yeah. for eye holes and is playing cops and robbers or something. Like that <laughs> that black face masking just looks so oh. dumb. But I do like the rest of his uniform, like the whole search and yeah. rescue thing with like all the equipment he has on it and the drills and like the, the flashlight helmet and the battery pack on the back of it. And like the whole design of the uniform aside from the silly face mask is actually pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I, it's just unfortunately that the, the face mask sticks out like a sore thumb. It really does stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> really? Yeah. Black 
thumb. Um, <laughs> transitioning. Um, so the other operator, um, so the defender is Malusi. Um, and I think originally it came out as Phyllis way. Um, and she is a defender from South Africa. Um, and her background's kind of cool. Um, I think, um, because she originally was like one of the people that hunted, um, poachers. Yeah. Like stuff. a game that, warden or something. Yeah, right. So that's kind of, kind of like her backstory. Um, and I think it was something about being able to stop people in their tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean was a really good transition into her ability. Um, but you know, she has a decent loadout, uh, T five SMG, uh, the super 90 shotgun, um, and then as a secondary, she has the RG-15 handgun, and she has impact grenades and a deployable shield. Caveat um, on that, they are, uh, as of today on the test server, it's okay. now C4 instead of the deployable shield. Really? Yeah, or is it instead of the impact grenades? I forget. I feel like, um, I'm, I, I would like to see the C4. Yeah. Um, I don't... And we'll we'll go into this a little bit earlier or a little bit later, but I feel like uh, replacing the deployable shield makes more sense just based on kind of what we figured out about her ability. Mm -hmm. Um, So her unique ability is the Banshee Sonic Defense System. Um, So what were your initial thoughts playing her? And for the record, she's a three-speed, one-armor operator. And I think um, Ace is a two-speed, two-armor. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that she's a three speed and her ability makes people move slower. Yeah. Um, because that almost like allows her to have like, like not only does her ability do a thing, but her speed complements it in a very precise way where it's like a perfect match, which is pretty cool. Um, I feel a little underwhelmed by her. Yeah. Um, because the gadget is line of sight mm-hmm. only. Yep. And so by the time you're affected by it, you can see it. Like you can't yep. hide it. If you put it on the other side of a deployable shield, it's blocked. It does not have line yep. of sight. So you have to, there has to be able to, a, a line that could be drawn from the gadget to the attacker to that's being affected. Yep. Right. So you're, whenever you get affected by it, you can see it. Now you yep. can't destroy it by a, Shooting it, shooting it, which is nice. Yep. Um. So you can you can melee. You can melee it. Yep. And you can also hit it with explosives. Uh. We also found out that if you shoot the surface it's hanging on, that that will destroy it. Kind of like a maestro yep. turret. If if you yep. put a maestro turret on a soft wall and then you destroy the soft wall, even though the turret is indestructible, the process of destroying the thing it's hanging on will destroy the gadget. So yep. the same thing works with banshee. Uh, devices where if you if it's on a soft wall if you actually destroy the soft wall by shooting it you will then destroy the gadget too that way um but the problem i have is that okay so it slows you down like like as if you were going through barbed wire right Mm -hmm. and it has a pretty generous area of effect yeah but you know i it's gonna shine in certain situations if you are an ash and you're aggro rushing that room and all of a sudden, oh, now now you're moving, you know, instead of being a three-speed ash, you're moving more like a two-speed operator. And that's going to allow the anchor to maybe get the drop on you. It's going to have 
good utility in those situations. But I just felt like when we were trying to test it out a little bit, I was, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't going to happen when people are actively shooting at you. I get right. That. But when, if you can get into the room, you know, you're going to be able to, okay, so instead of taking five seconds to reach the gadget, you're going to take 10 seconds to reach the gadget instead. Right. And then you just punch it and it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt kind of like, uh, I don't know. Um, I was a little underwhelmed by it. Yeah. But then we found out some cool tricks. Yeah. Didn't we? What, what, why don't you yeah. go into that a little bit? So I think um, one of the coolest things that we found out um, is that it, you know, kind of like what you were saying, um, for the device to work, it has to see you. You know, so there has to be some sort of line of sight. Um, so we tested out a couple of theories and, you know, what, um, it, what is it? Game room now or pool room? Oh, in house. Yeah. So living room is now called, uh, I think it's called game room. Yeah. Game room. Um, so we'll just say living room for now until we get into other stuff. But, um, so if you destroyed either the ceiling or floor and put the device either above or below the objective near like a door then it you know affects them and they can't actually hit it you know so obviously you know you're running into the room and all of a sudden you get not necessarily stunned but you get slowed down uh and it's it's very obvious when this um you know, gadgets going off. It doesn't actually do any damage to you. It doesn't like concuss you or anything. Yeah. It's just, just like of... going through like a, a floating cloud of invisible barbed wire. Yep. It's but all you it can is. Hear it it can has hear. this like low humming sound. Um, but basically, um, you know, if it's either below you or above you, you know, it's going off and it's affecting you, but you can't actually destroy it then unless obviously you use some sort of explosive um, because you can't obviously melee through the floor or through the ceiling. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so cool when we did that because we put it on the door. Um, that's so we put the Banshee device on the doorway that separates weight room from the stairwell in the basement of, of house. Uh, and then when you shoot out the floor, that's the doorway into the living room. That's right above that we realized, okay, now it creates a section where uh, wherever the floor is, it gets that line of sight. So we opened that up nice and wide. So it had a very mm-hmm. generous line of sight. And like you, when you enter the room, you're being affected by it. And you can like, like, first of all, it might be hard for a person to even know where it is, but right. say they do look down and see it. Like, like you said, what can you do about it? Okay. I can see it below me in the cross beams, you know, down on the basement floor, but I'm on the first floor. I can't punch that. You know, so I can't melee it. It's like, oh, all of a sudden it's like a lot more frustrating to deal with than just sitting out in the middle of the room where you could like cross 10 feet and then punch it. So Mm -hmm. and I think I mean, this isn't necessarily like an amazing idea, but I think also there was another thing that you were testing out of like the the range of the melee and you actually had climbed onto like. I don't like a know, countertop desk or, or something. something. Countertop, yeah. And you put it um like 
Because it was a small, I mean, it was, you know, like a couple foot by couple foot countertop. So you were on that and you put it to the side of it so that the person couldn't melee from just standing on the ground. So for them to actually destroy it, they would have to climb onto the countertop, which obviously, if someone's taking that much time, if someone isn't in the room, they're going to get shot. Right. Right. So... Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, I know that they're like, I had an idea of triangulating, um, all three of them because you get three of them right right now, but the stacks, Um, the effects don't stack. It's not like you can make it twice as slow or three times as slow or anything like that. Correct. Um, but I figured for like an objective kind of base thing, if you can find a way to triangulate them in a way that they all can see each other. So if someone comes into the room, no matter where they go, they're slowed down to a certain extent that might at least give the defenders, the other defenders kind of not necessarily the upper hand, but a little, um, you know, advantage. Yeah. A slight advantage. Um, but yeah, I would say between the two operators, I feel like Malusi was definitely more underwhelming in general than Ace. Um, I do think that she's going to, where I'm really going to like Malusi is mm-hmm. slowing down that like rush that, yeah, the mega rush of just, yep. you know, sprinting in with five or, you know, I call them five speeds, but you know, like the ashes or <laughs> yeah. IQs and capitals or whatever that can move really quick. You know, mm-hmm. then just like, you know, strategy be damned. We're breaking in every every single window all at once. And here we are. Boom. Yep. It's 10 seconds into the round. Yeah, I think that she'll really shine and kind of like denying that from happening. Absolutely. Uh, and that will be nice. So I, I do feel like she has been put in this game specifically to shut down Ash. <laughs> <laughs> and those like her. Yeah. And those like her. Um, so let's talk about her kit for, for a second. So she's got the T5 SMG, which is Legion's SMG. Yep. She's got Frost's Super 90 shotgun. Super 90. Um, and then she's got the, you know, the pistol and then her kit. Uh, like we said, you know, it's I, I believe it's impacts and C4 as much like Capcan's loadout. Um, I think it was the deployable shield that the C4 replaced. Okay. So, um, but, you know, what do you think of, like, you know, that kit, those weapons? Um, I mean, I'm not super gung-ho about it um i definitely like legions smg um and once again i'm not a huge shotgun person i know you like frost shotgun um i'm i'm not like wowed by this really i I i think she has an amazing weapon loadout that smg is great and that super 90 is like out of all the shotguns one of my favorite favorites yeah it's yeah i i hear you but i i don't know it's it's not necessarily what I imagined, but I guess I don't really know what I would have imagined. Well, because, I mean, remember, we thought Phil Sway was going to have this smart barbed wire. And in a yeah. way, it kind of is. It's it like of moving is. through It's like barbed invisible wire. barbed wire yeah. in a way. But the one thing that the barbed wire did that this doesn't do is that, so it was like physical barbed wire you could place on the floor, but you couldn't mm-hmm. punch it. Like, and this you can punch, uh, right. but you could also couldn't shoot it because it was wire. Uh, so right. really the only way to deal with it was going to be explosives. Yeah. Uh, so the other cool thing it did, though, was that any gadget that passed through it would destroy would ping it. it. Well, it would, yeah. it oh, would destroy it, it right. or ping it. So, like, if you had a drone roll through, 
it would um, they weren't specific and if it was going to ping the drone so you could just easily track and shoot the drone or if it was going to actually reverse track the operator much like a drone crossing through an alibi prisma does but right. uh, like that was a feature that I was kind of like oh that's kind of a cool side effect but that the banshee does not do right and didn't also uh, the smart wire wasn't that supposed to like do damage as someone went through it and it was like a small amount but like it was supposed to still do something right yeah well and keep in mind i mean all that stuff was rumor you know Mm -hmm. it was like okay here's a leak but when whenever a leak happens everybody's got to understand that until something is officially confirmed by ubisoft it's not uh let me ask you this do you think it was like a false information leak do you think it was just a rumor that didn't have any basis in reality or do you think that it was actually Ace and Malusi really were Odin and Phyllis Way, and just through the process of creating the operators over the last couple of months, they just kind of went in some different directions with some things, but kept some other things, or what do you think? Um, aren't there other operators that, like, in this process, like, came out as, like, name X, but actually came out as, like, name Z, um, and, like, different, like, abilities that were, like, oh, you know, this is what it's gonna be, but it was something similar, but different, like, hasn't that been a thing that has happened before yeah in fact we saw that with uh like the biggest example of what you're talking about is actually um when legion and ying were first data mined they were found to be called dazzler and keltrop in the the placeholder files and then dazzler became ying and keltrop became legion um and and so you know like the names changed we have seen other operators that you know like uh, the, some prototype ideas got kicked around and then they got changed. Like what Odin was going to be with the spider drone is very different than what Ace winds up bringing to the table. Right. But I'd argue that Malusi is different, but still kind of achieves the same goal that Phyllis Way would have in right. many ways. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's an easy one where they said, you know, like we have this idea we're we're testing it and maybe it's just, Maybe it's just kind of not working the way we wanted, so we just took it in this other direction instead. But like the the goal of what it accomplishes is still intact between that leaked rumor and what it wound up being. Right. But I think Ace is just like miles apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that that tracks. Um, and I guess there is something to be said. I mean, last episode we did a lot of talking about data mining and stuff like that. Um, and how, like, we were asking why they have so much out there that people can, you know, break down and find. And you know, through data mining, we found the leaks of these two operators. One of them, you know, Malusi is still obviously very similar to you know, what she used to be, but Ace is completely different from Odin. So like where, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'll ask you the same question on Malusi as I did with Ace. Good edition, bad edition. What do you think? I'm torn. I want to say that Malusi is going to be really cool. Um, but with the amount of like underwhelming feel that I had for her, I'm going to give Ace a thumbs up and I'm going to give Malusi like a side thumb. Okay. Neutral. I'm neutral. Okay. I think, I think once, um, once like the, the new operators and all the new changes are actually in play for like a month, I think I'll have a better idea 
Yeah. Um, but my my initial thoughts are are Ace. Uh, I'm here for Malusi. Yeah. Miscusi. <laughs> okay. Um, so. I would say I'm probably not too different from me on that. Like Ace seems mm-hmm. solid. He's not as overpowered as I first feared because he's so easily countered. But he's yep. also kind of fun and interesting and a good yep. kit. And then I think Malusi, I really like her kit. Like, I love those weapons. Combined with the fact that she's a three-speed that has an ability that slows people down to kind of take extra advantage of that three-speed, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you, I'm a little underwhelmed by the execution of the ability, too. I But, see, I think that she's going to be a playmaker in situations where somebody's trying to rush into the objective. Like, oh, she'll be a sure. playmaker there. Um, but if it's a situation where somebody rushes into the objective and maybe they're not encountering that in that initial resistance right away, then that's going to leave them time to just like cross the 10 feet and destroy the gadget. Yep. And it's like, well, that didn't really do much good. But when, Mm -hmm. when it's like, okay, they, they breach through the door or the wall or the, whatever they encounter the thing they're being shot at while they're being slowed down in those situations, I think that she will really shine. It's just not going to be that situation every time. I will say there is something kind of cool that we also found out. Um, obviously, once again, just because the ability goes off once it is in direct line of sight of an operator. Um, and uh, we, we were kind of play testing some of that, the, the hatch work. Um, so, you know, you had, uh, you had the um, Banshee on a wall right next to a hatch and the second I started dropping down, I immediately got slowed and the sound started going off, which is almost kind of like, in a way, a, um, an alarm system um, to let you know that someone is within range of that right. said thing. Um, you know, and the second I hit the ground, it was like slow moving. Um, but I will say, you know, once again, just adding to the underwhelmingness of this ability, um, the only thing that it really affects is um, movement of speed. ADS is still the same. Rotation um, is the same. Yeah. Rotation is the same. So it's really just going from A to B. Um, right. So all of those 360 no scope headshot people are not going to have a problem. Yeah. Um, well, and you just brought up an actually an interesting point, too, when you're talking about like a dropping through the hatch and the sound almost being alarmed. It's not just the sound though, because if you, um, I had a few instances during testing where I would have the device on a door or wherever the device was. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, it's got the three blue lights on it that glow, but then is when it activates, like they glow brighter and then like, there's like the humming sound kicks in and there's like a little, I don't know, like distorted air, vortex in front of it or whatever like the acoustic waves coming out but uh i did notice in some situations where like like i was in garage and i was behind the van thing and Mm. like where i was leaning out like i couldn't exactly see the door but i could see the the banshee on the wall next to the door and um as soon as somebody entered the room like the thing and the lights would glow and i was like oh there's a person there and so i knew to peek out more and respond yeah. even though maybe I didn't necessarily hear the person otherwise. Right. But it's just an interesting way that you can sort of use it as an indicator to tell when someone's pushing a site. Now some modes Absolutely. like secure area will notify you as soon as the person steps in a room, like you'll get that notification anyway, but other right. modes like hostage or bomb don't. So it yep. can be a, you know, depending on your game mode, it may be more or less useful, you know? So 
Um, That's true. Yeah. Actually, I, I, uh, I'm going to sort of retract what I said. And because we were doing mainly secure area, right? Mm-hmm. So I think for kind of what you were saying for secure area, eh, but I do, you make a really good point. And in, 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 I think in addition to these proximity um, mines or whatever the hell they are, um, that I think this is going to be a really, really strong defensive gadget for bomb. Yes. Yeah, I think it'll shine and bomb a lot. Uh, so with that, let's then move on to uh, our impressions about the house rework. So we fired up the test server and we're running all over that thing and, you know, checking out angles and holes in floors and, you know, whatever we can find. Um, man, what do you think? I wasn't. So going into this, I was not excited at all. Um, I thought house had a lot of really awesome things and, you know, it's a nice small map, you know, I, I, like every map, there's something that needs to be fixed. Um, but I didn't think that there was enough broken stuff that outweighed the good. Um, and I honestly think that they made this map better. Mm. I, I, my my jaw was on the floor the first uh, the first game that we played, and it's just it's really cool. Um, <laughs> I will say I wish it was smaller. I yeah. do wish it was smaller. Um, but I really like some of the angles, um, some of the things that they changed. I'm really here for um, other things. I, take it or leave it. But I think in general, like I am more excited about this map rework than I have been about a lot of them. Okay. I think for me, it's a very love hate thing. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things about it. I really love the new textures and lighting and uh, things like that are just, they're so good. I just yeah. love the way it looks aesthetically. Um, I mean, like if you were to compare visually, the graphic quality of like, I don't know, say master bedroom of what it is now to what it used to be. It's like, it's night and day, how good it looks. Um, you know, in other rooms, uh, like for instance, um, workshop finally being finished and turned into pink room, uh, you know, is another example like that. The room just looks like so good. I mean, obviously, you know, it's like this little girl's room or whatever, but Right. You know, like with the, like the light glow from that neon heart or, you know, the, mm-hmm. the model of the old house map that's in there to, you know, like all the little details that are in there. It's just it's really neat. I really like that. Yeah. Um, the parts that I'm not so crazy about are, frankly, the the four new rooms. I just yeah. think they're too they're too monstrous. I don't enjoy them. So I'm talking specifically about first floor music room and TV room and then yeah. second floor uh, playroom which is on the other side of old kids room and yeah. reading room. Now, actually, yeah. uh, I will say I really like reading room. I think that mm-hmm. that is a very cool room. Uh, like, I feel like that's like a legitimate add on. Yeah. Music room, TV room and playroom to me feel like they exist to make the map bigger. Yeah. And that's their justification for existing. I could see them getting rid of music room and TV room. Um, but I actually kind of like how 
the second floor is bigger. And obviously you can't really necessarily make the second floor bigger and the first floor small. Just, I like, mean, in a way, I guess you can, but like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, like I said, I like reading room. I really don't see mm-hmm. the justification for the other three rooms. I mean, from the bomb perspective, you have more spread out side by side rooms to play with for bomb mode, which makes it more balanced. Yep. I'm not talking about that though. I'm just talking from like a layout of the map mode. Like for instance, yeah. to me, music room doesn't seem to serve a purpose other than to be there to justify needing a second bomb position. Uh, playroom. Yeah, that's true. Playroom to me feels like they remade kids room, called it car room. And then we're like, there's too much junk in here for one room. So let's make a second room but now both rooms feel a little empty and vacant because it's too much for one room, but not enough for two rooms. Right. That's that's to me how kid or uh, car room and playroom feel to me. I hear that. So uh, I really love what they did with like the entire map, with the exception of the four add-on rooms, just because mm-hmm. they feel like filler. Yeah. Um, but like some things, like I really enjoy the new balcony. Uh, yep. That's outside of master bedroom to be able to push in that way. Uh, yep. I really like some of the other new features that they've added. I love what they've done with basement. Basement yep. is so good now. It's just, oh, it's so good. Um, Like that rotation underneath stairs. We used to only be able to shoot the wall, but there was that bookshelf there. So you couldn't pass through it. Now you can. Um, Having that side entrance into laundry yep. room, having that area above little garage that you can uh, defend from the office on the first floor and shoot down to kind of, protect that entrance that's so good yeah uh i just like basement is gonna be so much fun in there yeah i actually i really enjoy how um because you know before for basement both garages um were breachable and now only one is um so i feel like that is going to make it a more funneled like defense system which is going to be awesome instead of just widely opening everything and then just shooting from, you know, miles away. Um, and I mean, obviously they have that side entrance too. Um, but it, you know, a side entrance in small garage is significantly smaller than two garages. Well, and some people are saying like, Oh, it used to be attacker favored. Now it's defender favored. And like, I don't know. I think like if you're only pushing from that side, yeah, but I don't think you should only be pushing from that side anyway. Well, exactly. If you think about basement as a multi-pronged attack, if you have one or two people push from little garage and or the side entrance next to the walled up big garage now, um, and then you put somebody, you know, another person or two applying pressure from like weight room side or laundry room side, you know, you're, you're sort of coming at closing together the pinchers on the objective. Right. You know, and the and a big change for basement now is that attackers can blow up the entire ceiling over the top of like eighty five percent of basement, whereas before yeah. you really couldn't, except for in like a couple of small areas, like the area over weight room, you could, and then the area a little bit if you got next to the stairs in mm-hmm. foyer, you could get a little bit over the top of the car on the little garage side, but that was it. Now you mm-hmm. can open up like I, all of kitchen is breachable. Now the floor yep. before it wasn't. Um, so that opens up the entire area over big garage uh, as well as the area over laundry room. 
So now when you're on defense, you have like in some ways it's more funneled because you don't have to worry about big garage door anymore. That's a solid metal shutter. You can't reach it anymore. So it's like, Mm. well, that makes it easy because you only have to worry about little garage now. Yeah, but now the ceiling above you in the whole garage is way more vulnerable, you know, and now, um, you know, you have a new additional place for to worry about a breach coming from because there's that rotation under the stairs. And even if you reinforce it, it's still an area where an attacker can get into and hit you from the side, you know, once they open up that hole or whatever. So, like, once you start thinking about things in, like, a, a multiple direction attack, it makes more sense. But if you're only pushing through little garage, then, yeah, it is going to be a small, easy-to-defend bottleneck. Right. Don't push just that way, though. Right. Yeah. Um, I will say what another thing that I was really excited about was the amount of destruction that is now um, able to happen in this map. Because, I mean, so much was, you know, cement. Um, You know, like all of Workshop and all of that, like all of that is now like wood floors, which is really, really cool. Okay. Well, see if you agree with me on this. I feel like it's weird. There's actually, in my opinion, less walls that are breachable. Like, there's actually a lot of walls that you cannot breach or reinforce. Right. But and there's more, more floors and ceilings. Mm-hmm. That is that. That's true. Um, and I mean, you know, let's 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 break that one down too. Um, kind of how initially we were talking about living room, which is now called game room, um, and originally in the original house um you were able to um in that you know side corner where the back stairs were uh you'd be able to put holes um above and below the stairs so you could guard the entire room from those stairs um i think that was a mistake to take that out yeah but now everything there's nothing no wall is breachable there yeah it's all hard now but before all you couldn't breach it all from top because that was workshop. Uh, well, you could. The, there was that little hallway next to workshop. But the hall, yeah, that little hallway. So you could you could get um the the door going from main door. You could guard that area, and that was about it. And you could um, get a bit of an angle on the double wide window if you lean to the right while you're up there too. But yeah, mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. But, like, but now, yeah, like the entire ceiling is breachable. You know, the entire, I mean, most of the floor was breachable already, but like the entire floor is breachable. So now instead of like attacking from, you know, like a horizontal way, you are strictly attacking that vertically, you I know, feel above like they, and below. I feel like they put a lot more verticality in this yeah. version of house. But I do mm-hmm. feel like it came at the expense of a little bit of horizontal breaching. There's just, yeah. like you said, you know, there was a couple of walls on uh, formerly living room where you could breach and, and use those breaches for defense. And now you can't. And it's like actually in, in game room, we checked it out. We were running around game room, formerly living room. There is not one single wall in there that is breachable. Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad the ceiling is now. It used to be a concrete ceiling, so I'm glad the ceiling mm-hmm. is. But eh. And they can be kind of goofy because it's like, well, if you take people with shotguns and impact grenades, then you're set. But if you have a right. bunch of people with S- SMGs and barbed wire, well, what do you do then? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I will say, you know, as, as, as much as you don't, 
necessary. I mean, I guess, you know, more so just that one sidewall. Um, you know, living room used to be our most hated, in my opinion, our most hated um, defensive spot. I feel like every time it was living room, we would all just like huff and moan and it just sucked. But now I feel like it's going, it, you know, it still might suck, but I feel like it's going to completely change the way people attack it. Yeah. I'm going to reserve opinion to see how much less I might hate it now. Um, so the other thing that I thought, because we're talking about verticality being added to this map. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the part where I showed you when um, you go up into uh, formerly kids room now called car room? If you go into the corner there and you blow open the hole in that wall, or I'm sorry, in that floor, that mm-hmm. you can now see anybody coming up that staircase. Yes. Because that used to be a concrete floor. You used to not yep. be able to do that. Now it's a wooden floor, so you can do that. And anybody that runs up those stairs, you can see them coming. Yep. That is That's like some awesome. verticality that I'm like, yes, that is really cool. And then I think, what was the other one that we found? Um, I can't remember what room it was, but top floor, and you can see the entrance of the side door into garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, so there's a hatchway that sits over the top mm-hmm. of the side door entrance to garage now. And uh, if you blow that open, you can watch that from dining room. But... You can take that a step further, and you were like, well, what if we went up another floor yet? And so what did, where did that put us into? Master bedroom, I think. I in think the, it was master bedroom. In the corner by the chair. It was next to the chair, yeah. Yeah. And then so if you blow up the floor there, and you look down, and sure enough, you can uh, you can get a line of sight into people coming in that doorway, and you can shoot them from all the way up on the third floor by just kind of prepping a little bit of a, you know, sightline destruction there uh, on both of the, those floors that are in between. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody's trying to root out the defenders that might be roaming, you know, they'll think to clear the, the floor immediately over the top of the site because that makes sense, but you're a lot less likely to be, um, you know, kind of sniffed out all the way up on the third floor when you're defending the basement from that position. And that was kind of cool. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a fun find. Um, I will well be- before I before I say the one thing that I didn't like that you showed me. You should um, talk about the new treehouse. Um. Well. Okay. So new treehouse. I and I've actually found out some interesting information about this that that I didn't know last night. But oh, okay. So new treehouse has two ladders. Um, one is on the back side of it. One is where the ladder used to be, and then there's a new one on the back side of it. And you can approach that, uh, and there's a, a stone fence there or stone wall uh, that you can run to from construction spawn uh, all the way over to that back ladder, and then get up on top of there. From that position, you can shoot the window that sits over the top of back stairs. There's only one window you can have with a barricade there now, but it still gives you that same sight line down the top hallway with uh, a line of sight onto bathroom door and master bedroom door. Yep. Uh, and then anybody crossing that hallway and coming up those stairs. Then you can also shoot into a window that's on pink room and a window that opens onto the only window that opens onto kids' bedroom anymore. And you can also shoot the one remaining window that hasn't been shuttered up on the living room side. So from there, you, you can hit four different windows. Um, mm-hmm. there's not a railing on the treehouse anymore. And I thought that was weird 
at first, but now I found I found out why. The map designer did a little bit of a Q&A interview and he was talking about it and it was a okay. conscious decision that they wanted to um they thought it would be cool if like Amaru was up there and like you know maybe she you know pre-fired those windows, got some angles, whatever, and then she can zip from the treehouse without a railing to either of the three windows on the second floor straight from there. Oh, nice. Yeah. So she could be firing down that main, like the one right in front that goes, uh-huh. you know, down the long hallway and you can see master bedroom and bathroom from, she can be firing some rounds down there. And then if like defenders start firing some rounds back, she can just look to her right and zip line through the window into kid's bedroom on the side and be in. So, so That's there's not awesome. a railing there that allows her to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's cool. Um, and for those that want to know the the slide on Treehouse, you cannot go down. Um, they have like some furniture that's kind of like gapped up uh, or blocking the entrance there. Uh, so you can't go down. You can put a drone in there. And if you do put a drone in there, you will see that there is a floating red balloon. It's kind of an it reference. Um, but you can you can bring your drone through the, the slide. But the guy was saying that uh, basically they tried to make it so that you could do that but they had to make the slide about one and a half times wider diameter for, oh. uh, for a person to fit in there. And then he said mm-hmm. at that point, it looked more like a water park slide than right. like a treehouse slide. And it was like comic book size ridiculous. So right. um, the fact of the matter is like they just couldn't get it to work in a way that looked good. But mm-hmm. they did initially want to try to give us that. It just like it didn't pan out that they could really didn't make pan it. out. Yeah. So that's kind of the deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good to know. It's good to know. At least they tried. Um, and I know. So one thing that was really frustrating for me um, is and I mean, you were the one that showed me this um, and I can't remember if it's all of um, the spawn spots or if it's just some of them. Quite a few. Um, of them. But um, this is even more of a spawn peakers paradise. Yes. Um, there's some spots where. Like, if you're up on Pink Room uh, and you break that window that faces the front of the building, there used to be a tree that would be there when when the workshop had that double window. And, like, that tree would sort of block your line of sight. Now there's not a tree there, and I can see straight over to the construction spawn. I can see when they exit to the left, and I can see when they exit to the right of where they start behind that wall. doesn't matter which way they go. They're they're perfectly straight line of sight for, for a person to gun them down. Same with... Over by the river dock spawn, if you peek them from, uh, if you peek them from the double wide dining room window, that 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 used to even be a thing with the original house. So that that's right. still there. So that didn't change. Yeah, that didn't change. But now um, the office window has been expanded and comes right up to the side of the house, whereas it didn't used to. You you had to actually hop out onto the deck if you wanted to do this. But it goes right up to the side of the house now, so you can just pop that window, and similar but different vantage point for doing the same thing there. And then there's a place on the master bedroom bathroom where if you shotgun the wall and then you switch to a different weapon and lean out to the left, even from inside, if they if they come up the stairs from the river dock spawn and go a little too far to the right, you can you can nail them from that position. Um, And then likewise, with APC spawn, there's a spot in playroom with an angled window on the back porch. And if you hop out that like it's it's the kind of situation where. Yeah, you have to hop outside the building to get this one but you can do it before you get a detection threshold. So like they, they start running up the main lane. You hop out the window, lean right. And you're shooting 
you know, you've already got off a half dozen shot before the two second detection comes up and then you're back inside the house already. And there's a big, huge pillar there that sort of protects you when you hop back in. Yep. Um, so, and then you can also run out from music room door and do sort of a same-ish kind of a thing too. So like, there's just like a lot of spawn peaking problems that are on this map. Yep. Um, they need to put that tree back in, in the front to block the pink room window. Yep. They, I think they should add something. I don't know what, maybe a, maybe a, a vehicle, a big emergency services vehicle or something in the road to protect the river dock spawn when they come up those stairs. And then, uh, I don't know, something on the APC side so that it's because like when you come out of APC spawn, it's just sort of a straight run with nothing between you and house once you come around the side of the, the, the gate there. Now, there is a part right. where you can also go up the middle of the gate in, over by sauna house on that side um, and yep. kind of run up through that central section. But it, it's like unless you do that, this other way is just like a straight up, you know, like a bowling alley for spawn peekers. So in general, I guess, what would you say, like, yay, nay, maybe? I'm going to say yay, but again, I do feel like three out of the four new rooms just, I don't feel like they need to exist. Don't need to be there. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, that and I would I'd... still like to see some some of the original destructibility on the, the living room wall, the, the wall right. that's on the stairwell side. Just mm -hmm. taking that Give away that makes no back. sense. Now there's no walls that you can breach in that room at all right but basement i love it basement basement's amazing i mean they did uh they upgraded their weight room so i'm i'm here for that <laughs> i'm all about getting buff um so a couple of things um that we're not getting as we were promised is we are not getting ping 2.0 or the replay system this season as um, originally planned. Um, and, I mean, it's for reasons that make sense. So they came out with a um, update, and I'll just kind of read through it a little bit. Um, at the beginning of year five, we announced an upcoming new match replay feature for Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, while originally scheduled to go live in the first half of the year, circumstances have forced us to push back the schedule on match replay uh, match replay is a feature that requires a great deal of technical development, but we hope to deliver the best experience to our players when it is ready to go live. Despite the delay, we'd like to share an early look at match replay with you all. So that's kind of cool. Um, at least they're kind of explaining it a little bit more. Um, so match replay is a system that automatically records your last 10 played games with it. You'll be able to rewatch and fully spectate your recorded games from both first person and top down points of view from any player and any angle. Our goal with match replay is to provide players with an interactive tool that will provide full coverage and perspective on their last 10 games. Through the watch tab in the main menu, you will be able to access the replays where your last 10 games were saved. Once you're in the replay, you can use the spectator mode tools to relive your clutch plays, scrutinize missteps, and analyze your strategy to level up your game. 
Um, further down the road, we would like to give match replay even more functions, blah, 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 blah. Um, they start to plant. They want to do it on the PC test server soon, and then it'll start going live probably the season after this one or maybe season four. So what are your, what are your initial thoughts on that? I mean, I get it, right? There's the whole work from home situation. So they, you know, like they're doing their best to still provide us the content while they're working from home. But, right. you know, they don't necessarily have all of the full resources at their disposal, um, you know, by working like, in the no, studio proper. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so I, I get it. I, I I wish that we had it. I would have loved to have played with the replay setup. Um, it mm -hmm. just sounds so cool. And yeah. I, I can't wait to mess around with it. But, like, I totally understand. And also, you know, that is talking a lot about the match replay but I was also kind of curious to see what map or uh, sorry, ping 2.0 was going to wind up looking like wind up looking like, yeah, yeah. you know, still coming, right. It, they haven't yep. been scrapped. They just said that they're right. going to be coming a, a little bit later than planned. Um, so what it does mean is that we may just see a lot of features delivered in a short amount of time because then there's right. The other features yet to be coming like, you know, map pick and ban and uh, the reputation system. And uh, I think there's another one yet too. So mm -hmm. just means we might be getting a lot of features in a shorter amount of time, I guess. Yeah. And, and also I will say, you know, hopefully because of this delay, um, it will give them more time to fine tune certain details and maybe um, instead of, I guess not necessarily giving like a prototype, but maybe this will give them more time to fine tune certain things to make it better than they originally thought it would be. Yeah. What I would love to see, and it doesn't sound like it's part of the system, but I would, I would think it'd be really cool to add would be for the replay feature. They, they said first person view from any player's perspective or top down view. Mm -hmm. I would love to have a free cam. Oh, yeah. So, like, you can just put that at any position you want. So, like, maybe you want to emulate the position of a security camera or a Valkyrie camera. And so you put a free cam in that position to just watch the action from that angle. So you're not necessarily watching it purely top down. You're not necessarily watching it from a, play a certain player's perspective. But the free cam position of whatever it is you choose, and that would be cool. I could also see some things with a free cam. That would be like as a content creator, I would just like I would just die for is yeah. like if you could do something where like you could essentially like pause the action and then use the free free play cam to move through the action while it's paused and do like some oh. like matrixy kind of, you know, like mm -hmm. recordings. Oh, my God. Would that be amazing from a content? Creator's that would be amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But it doesn't sound like that kind of a thing is going to be in there, but like that would be like a feature I would love to see get added into that. That would be just amazing. That would be sick. Um, <laughs> question. Hmm. So with, with um, this new replay system, do you think that not like, obviously not only is this going to be beneficial and I think we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier on uh, in one of the previous episodes. Um, do you think this is, conspiracy theory time do you think this is going to be some sort of way that they're going to be able to track um 
hackers and stuff like that a little bit better and be able to like the people that are reporting people for like grieving and hacking is this going to make it easier for them to have those tags in those saves so they could go back and actually find them a little bit easier uh yeah there's some kind of like a when you report somebody for cheating or hacking if there's an option to like you know press the button to add the replay as an attachment to the report like yeah mm -hmm. that would totally make that process more interesting and more effective um, right but who knows if they'll do that or not but yeah that could right you know hopefully uh hopefully next season or the season after that we'll be able to get some more information um or at least they'll come out and maybe hopefully we'll get some more information as this season yeah. progresses and i think also they said that instead of because normally like this Right now, this is on the test server, obviously, since we played it yesterday. Um, and normally, they've been doing three weeks, and then it goes live. And I think you said this this time they're doing an additional week, so it's four weeks, just because of, you know, everyone's working from home, kind of give them a little bit extra time to, you know, figure stuff out and stuff yeah. like that. Hopefully, yeah. by the time the next season rolls around, this will no longer be the situation, and that won't be a factor anymore. So hopefully, it's just a one-off. Fingers Fingers crossed. But you know, one Fingers. thing I wanted to say uh, about the replay system yet before we move on is, you know, I was talking about having the, the free cam as kind of like a, a wish list feature for that. You know what else would be a, a wish list feature for that is, and this one I would think would be super easily doable. Okay. Uh, so there's this gonna, there's going to be this watch tab where your 10 most recent games are saved. I would love for it to allow you to go in there like say you just you played a match and like oh my god you were on fire to be able to sort of save it as a favorite save it so that it doesn't right. get overwritten or it gets set aside mm. or i don't you know what i mean i do i do um and the only thing i'll say about that is i'm sure now that you can go into this replay system and rewatch clips you you know 10 games or whatever i'm sure you could It'll take a couple extra seconds, but you could just, you know, Xbox record that and then just record from the start of that round or game to the end and just save it like that. Right. But what I'm thinking of is like, you know, when we play in a night, I don't know how many rounds we would tip or how many matches we would typically play in a night, but uh, it could mm -hmm. be more than 10, you know, and like I hate to be like, you know, we first start playing, we do an excellent match and then by the end of the night, we're done playing. And here we put in 11 matches by the end of the night. That first one is just gone. I'd be yeah, like, oh. that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, I'm I just sure have a way to temporarily save it as a favorite. I could, I could see them adding that pretty quickly. Um, that, that definitely, I feel like that's something that I'm sure a lot of people are going to bring up. Cause that, I mean, that actually makes sense. I not going to lie. I originally thought that that was just kind of part of the replay program. So maybe it um, will be, maybe it will be, I don't know. But until I find out specifically that it is, um, all they said was we saved your last 10 matches. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, in addition to this new season coming out, um, comes with certain new things such as new secondary gadgets. Um, the proximity alarm, by the way, that was a really unique enunciation you chose for the word secondary. <laughs> The proximity alarm. The secondary. Uh, secondary. It's secondary. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you think about um, the first initial 
playthrough with the new proximity alarm or proximity mines or whatever they are. Well, it's important to because I had to remind myself while we were playing too. It's not a motion sensor. Yeah, it's a proximity alarm, which is a big difference because I, I was like, I'm not moving. Why is this going off? Yeah, why is this going off? It's still going off. I'm standing still, and I'm like, oh, because idiot. It's not motion sensor. It's proximity alarm (laughs) and it is line of sight kind of like just like the banshees are so you have to have line of sight between you and the gadget for it to go off but it's Um, much smaller than the banshee it is significantly smaller than the banshee and it is a it's a sticky throwable so you can toss it up on a ceiling or across a room or whatever it it, just like a valkyrie camera or something like that you know you you throw it and then it sticks to whatever it hits so and when it goes off um, I think what it emits three pulsing blue lights. Yes. Yes. So in those, I mean, you know, in certain areas, those lights are very noticeable. Um, so what we, we kind of found out is the key for these to be super effective um, is to find places like hiding spots um, so that it still has line of sight, but it's not as noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so like with the thing with the Banshee having line of sight is once it loses line of sight, it's no longer effective. You know, like it, the instant line of sight is broken, it turns off. Right. Yeah. With the proximity alarm, you only have to trip it and it's done its job. So even if you move out of the proximity alarm's line of sight, it doesn't matter. You just, you tripped it. That's the important thing. Now the defender knows that you've tripped it. So you can, like with the Banshee, you want to maintain line of sight as much as possible to cover an area of effect. With the proximity alarm, that's not really an issue. It's more like, it's more like crossing a tripwire. You just, you set it off. That tone goes off. Now the defender knows where you're coming from. Um, Right. So you can do things where you put it into much sneakier spots, like you were saying, where it only needs to make that line of sight for just just a second, because that's all that's really needed. Um, mm-hmm. And that allows you to really hide it in a lot more areas. Like we you had done a thing where like you took the time and you like meleeed like a half dozen holes into the side of a bookshelf and threw right. it inside of the bookshelf. And when I crossed in front of it, it only went off in that moment where I crossed in front of it. But that's all that was needed. Yep. And then when I turned to look for it, unless I looked exactly at the hole, I couldn't see it. Right. So, you know, like it creates those unique situations where you, you can you can wind up being a little bit more clever with it. Mm-hmm. Um, There's another situation where there was a nightstand next to a bed. And uh, on the bottom side of the nightstand, uh, you, you could throw it up underneath there. And if you were crouching you would see the blue lights glowing from underneath there. But if you were standing, uh, you had to get really far back from it to barely see the blue glow. And again, if you crouch, you could see it really easily. But, um, and that works. So you'd come into the room, the thing would go off, you'd be like, wait, where is this exactly? Yeah, you know, you really can't tell, you can't see it. But because it gets line of sight on your feet, it worked. <laughs> so, right. you know, there's definitely room for creativity with places yeah. and it's also um surprisingly very loud like that it travels like i um i had it so we we were testing on um house um 
top floor, uh, right by master bedroom is, um, you know, the, the stuff we were talking about. Um, and I could hear it all the way on the other side of the stairs, like across the entire hall. Like I could hear it like it was right next to me. Oh, right. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Cause at the top of back stairs by kids room, mm-hmm. yep. there's that white pillar. And so you stuck yep. it on that white pillar down on the ground. So like you really oh, yeah. kind of can't mm-hmm. see it when you come up back stairs. Yep. Um, and I tripped it there and you were inside. I was in the bathroom. bathroom. Yep. And you're like, and I, I hear, hear it, it like it's, you said it was like right next to you. It sounded like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I mean, you know, obviously what is there? Seven operators that are getting these right now. I think six or seven, something like something that. like that. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, if, if you're playing with five defenders and there's five um, proximity, you know, alarms that are going off, that's... Well, ten, right? Because <laughs> each one, each person well, each gets, one two. gets two. Each one gets right? Yeah. Oh, my... I already have a headache just thinking about that. <laughs> but... I wonder, though... I mean, first of all, that situation is not going to happen. Like, five people aren't going to all take the same secondary gadget. But well, let's say they do, right? Sake of argument. Mm. I would think it would just like anything more than just like having two of these out is just going to be really hard to tell where they're coming from. Right. It's like, which one was that? I don't know. You know? So I think having one or two of these in play is, is very effective. And then once you start getting like three and four and above, like three, maybe, but anything more than three in play, you're going to start to be like, I don't even know where the sound is coming from anymore. It's like doing more harm than good. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, so what is your initial or like your final thought about the proximity alarms? Are you excited for them? I really like it. I think that maybe fewer operators should have it, though. Yeah, I would think maybe four operators instead of like six or seven would probably be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see the case maybe for only giving one of them per operator instead of two. Um, I don't hate two. I think two is good if you're the only guy in your team that has one. But I think if a couple of people on your team have them, then everybody having two can be a problem. Yeah. So I hear that. Yeah. I agree Um, with that. I like it though. But here's the thing. What do you think about this? Because like, I can see why it's super useful as a defender to have this. Mm -hmm. I can also see why it would be super useful as an attacker to have this, to watch your flank from roamers. What would yeah. you think about them down the road entertaining the possibility of adding an attacker version of this? Maybe it would be like, so this one's like triangular with three blue lights. So maybe the attacker version is a disc with four green lights and it makes, it plays a different sound alarm file so that, you know, you can tell the difference both visually and audibly, but like the attackers would essentially have a version of this to protect their flanks. Because I see this as a gadget that could be every bit as useful for attackers countering roamers. I think that would be absolutely amazing. Um, I think that is long time coming, actually. So for for them to have, for the attackers to have some sort of proximity alarm, um, I think it would be really cool. But I think, obviously, it would have to have a different sound, um, uh, maybe a different frequency. You know, you were saying the color, that makes sense, too. I think that would be really cool. I'd be here for that for sure. I think actually, so one of the coolest things, 
that I feel like they have done since coming out with Elite Skins is this new thing that they're coming out with um, that I think is going to be released when the season starts, right? Yes. Um, and that is the uh, new weapon attachment skins yeah. instead of just weapon skins. So this is, in addition to weapon skins, we are now going to be getting attachment skins. And right now, I think uh, initially they're going to be, there's just three colors um, for all attachments. Um, but I think as the game progresses, um, they say they're going to come out with a lot more. Um, so that's, I feel like this is just going to give a whole nother level of creativity for the game. I was shocked when they announced this um, because for them, it's kind of like, a, oh, and by the way, we're doing this thing. Never saw it coming. Right. Uh, had no idea they were even planning on doing anything like this. And then not only are they introducing it, but they're saying that every single person will get for free the three universal uh, weapon or I'm sorry, attachment skin colors that they're launching with, which is black, mm -hmm. gray and tan. Yep. So like you didn't even have to go buy one. You get three by default right away. And that's mm -hmm. so cool because there are some skins that like. A certain color looks bad with you know or 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 maybe it doesn't look bad with but like oh you know if you put on the the tan one it'd like go much better with it or if you put on the gray one it might look more tactical with this skin versus black on that skin or whatever right like, that's actually really cool um and yeah i just i was completely um caught by surprise by that right. announcement and yeah, I didn't I didn't actually even know that that was a thing until we were on the test server and you were like, check this out. And I was like, oh, and then and like it, it, it's sick looking. And they said that they're going to like this is just the three they're starting with. They're going to do more later. And I can't imagine that there's just going to be solid colors. I mean, oh, they might do sure. more, but, you know, they might have other ones that are like. I don't know, like super worn out textures or like super uh -huh. high tech ones or super artistic ones or whatever it might be. But like, that's really cool. I like that. I mean, I also see them doing, um, you know, how they have specific weapon skins that are, you know, some of them are super cool. Some of them look ridic ridiculous. And I can't not see them having another set of just, you know, uh, attachment skins that just like complement that or um, are the polar opposite of that, yeah. you know, in a way it just kind of like shake things up. Yeah. Um, my question is, you know, cause yes, this is a really cool thing. I think this is really awesome. Do you think this is them just making you spend more money? Like, is this just going to be a renowned thing or is it going to be, you know, credits and renown? Like, how how do you think this is going to work? I think it makes sense for them to do uh, renown for sure, and then maybe a credits and renown thing, just like their other mm -hmm. skin systems are. I don't mind um, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, these are all cosmetics, and they don't really right. matter. But if you want right. to take the like, I want to look cool and I want to customize, uh, and you want to invest into the money, I don't mind. I think that's fine. Plus, they're giving us three colors for free, the black, the tan, and the gray. For free. Like, those are, like, 
I don't know. I, I guess I kind of want to say like the staple colors that you would want anyway. So right. like if I wind up having to pay for one, if I want neon glowing flowers on my attachments, I don't. But if I did, and don't it, lie. Was, it was like lie. 60 rainbow credits to do, then I'd be like, Mm-mm. okay, well then right. fine. You know, I think it's awesome. They're giving us three universal color schemes for free. Yeah. I think that's because I mean, you know, op, like, you know, operators, when you get, um, you know, the initial you you only get one weapon skin, but you get two different uniforms, like the the standard and then like one other for one, those right? of us that have season pass for those of us that has season pass. Correct. Um, you know, so like this is even one more than that. So that I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. No, this, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for this. This is nothing but good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wonder then does this begin to open the door? Cause we talked a while back about attachment custom or not attachment customers, uh, like secondary gadget customization, right? Or like drone customization. If you click and... on, um, flashbangs or frag grenades, there's, there's, there's a button there to customize it, but it, it has a little yep. lock symbol on it. So like so yep. clearly since the beginning of the game, there was an idea to, Hey, down the road, we want to open up some kind of a customization feature for, flashbangs and frag grenades and smoke grenades and whatever and they just never did anything with it but right. like is this the first step along that process to be like okay now let's revisit that will we eventually then you know now that we have weapon attachment skins will we next see secondary gadget skins or you know whatever like i kind of hope so that'd be cool i sure as hell hope so <laughs> we talked about like Throwing out like a uh, a smoke grenade that you know says you know like Campbell's soup on it you know as yeah. as like the, the skin for the grenade yeah. or something like yeah I'd be all about that or like uh-huh. I think you had suggested like throwing an impact grenade that's like pure pure yellow and has a black smiley face painted on it oh yep like yes I'm all about that please bring that uh-huh. and if that winds up being microtransaction based fine totally here for it if I want it I'll pay for it and if I don't I don't have to and it's not like it's anything that it doesn't impact the game in any way because like a person could argue that like a uniform, some uniforms can make you hard to see and they could be paid to win. Um, Like some people think the Ember rise uh, uniforms because they were like that, the muted um, greens and Browns. And then especially on maps like Villa and some of those other maps, it just sort of have like those warm, rich, ready Brown kind of palettes. Like it really blended in and they were saying like, Oh, these uniforms are pay to win. You can't say that for weapon attachments. Right. You know, like, oh, I couldn't see your site. So you paid to win and I was and that was unfair. Like, what? No, shut up. <laughs> like that's not a thing. So <laughs> sweet hacks, man. <laughs> well, way to go. Your your angled foregrip was invisible to me. I couldn't see it because it blended in. Like, nobody cares. It's not a thing. <laughs> so I didn't see that smiley impact grenade just hit me directly in the face. Cause I, I thought it was Campbell's soup. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I am all about that. Bring it on. Let's let's yeah. more of it. I'm all I'm ready. Awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. So talking about now some more meaningful changes that are coming to the game as far as balancing. There is a lot of interesting things here. And for a for the first time in a long time, it's not just nerfs. Right. Uh you know, the like the psychotic ying buff notwithstanding. But um, so let's talk about some of these here. So we are getting some changes to Amaru. She is now uh, going to. So previously her gadget, when she would attach it, the Gara hook, she would attach it to a window 
the little little spreaders would go out to the four corners of the window and the wood would break and then she would reel up the wire but it was like if you were a defender you would turn to look at the breaking wood and then you would hear the sounds and you would know and then she would come sailing through a second later and she'd usually get shotgunned in the face or whatever because it was like mm-hmm. such a heads up well now you can still hear the sound of it of the the clamping onto the window and the the reeling in of the cable on the gara hook you can still hear those sounds as a defender but when the wood breaks is when she's already flying through it she like essentially like hot breaches or kicks her way through the window barricade as she's coming through and uh that's going to be a whole lot more of a surprise to defenders again you can hear the sound cues yep but uh you don't get that breaking wood to let you know she's coming in advance until she's already on top of you Mm -hmm. i will say this because uh we did test this for a little bit yesterday um and i did find and i don't i don't know if this was just like a glitch in this one time uh while we were playing or if this is something that is going to change or not um but if you uh put that on a window that hasn't been like destroyed or anything um when all of the attachments hit, uh, the glass actually breaks. So okay. you can hear the glass shatter. Okay. But the but the breach doesn't, um, or the reinforcement doesn't break. It's It was the glass. So, you know, obviously for places like, um, you know, Fortress or um, Border and stuff like that where they don't have glass on the windows, um, this isn't a problem. Um, but we were doing it on House, um, so like the, the window itself broke, but the reinforcement didn't. Right. So. Yeah. So the barricade shatters on, on the actual fly through there. Uh, mm. and the other thing that's changed about her now is that she no longer needs to pull out her secondary shotgun, uh, or if she's using the primary shotgun to break a soft hatch first and then right. grapple up. She can actually use her, her grapple will do the same thing it does on a wooden barricade now. So she just needs to just grapple onto the bottom of a soft hatch and it shatters as she comes through it. Yep. That is really fun to play as. Yeah, for sure. Because that was really cool when you did it the other way. Like you had to announce your presence first. It's like, you know, you'd shoot the shotgun. The thing would break. You'd take a second or two to swap to the gara hook. Then you would attach. You'd hear it attach. Then you'd zip. I mean, by that time, a defender's just like, yep, I'm waiting for you. You know, and this is more just like, you know, burst. Here I am. You know, it's like kind of a, a lot more dynamic of an entry. So, um, but it's not totally unfair because as a defender, whether it's on a hatch or whether it's on a barricade on a window or something, you can still hear the sounds of the grapple attaching right. and the cable reeling. So you have like that, uh, you know, that two second heads up of like, oh, oh, crap. Somebody's coming through here to turn around and respond to it. But now there's just not that awkward gap of like, okay, the thing broke. There's the sound. Right. Here comes the operator. There she is, shooter. Like it, it just, it removes some of those steps of the process out. And I think makes her a more viable operator throughout that process. Absolutely. I don't hate her anymore. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's something to be said because I did not like Amaru at all. Right. Um, so. So then we've got some other changes to other operators. Again, mostly buffs or, or at least not nerfs anyway, depending on how you look mm-hmm. at it. So first up is Clash. Clash's SMG will switch from having a red dot 
to using the reflexes green triangle. I would put this first one under a category of neither a buff nor a nerf. Uh, it just seems right. to me like a, a okay, okay, you know, in a way, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't have any strong opinions on that one. No, I still hate Clash, so. Right, for sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, Echo, so doing a bunch of stuff to Echo. Removing the camera shake effect from Yokai's concussion effect. Length of concussion effect is no longer affected by movement. So it used to be when you were hit by Yokai, if you if you didn't move, it would go away. But if you were moving while you were stunned, it would last longer. Now that doesn't happen anymore. It's the same, uh, I think it's 10, it's 10 seconds, no matter if you're moving or staying if you're still. you're moving or not. Um, okay. I don't mind that. That's that's all right. Yeah. That's and then right. replace the deployable shield with impact grenades. Um, I don't like that. I don't like that either because when Echo's on his device, his whole thing is he's vulnerable. So, like, giving him that point of heart cover was sort of useful because he's kind of out of the mix while he's on his gadget. So having that protection is more useful than giving him rotation options, you know? I mean, that's how mm-hmm. I see it anyway. I 100% agree with that. Um, I, I feel like with Echo, they're still chasing, like, how do we not have him be banned in almost every single ranked match? Well, let's do these other 15 things to him. Um, and it's like, I still feel like just if you want to deal with Echo not being banned so much, just make it so he doesn't cancel the plant animation. You don't have to make these 15 different adjustments to him constantly. You know, that's just, that's the thing. He cancels the bomb animation all the time. Right. You know, so just yeah. remove that effect, and I don't think he'll get banned anymore at all. Probably. Right, I hear it. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Here's one that I know you're going to be excited about. Uh, Finca gets, so when somebody was downed, right, there would always be this situation where we'd be like, oh, I'm down. Well, don't don't revive me because I'm only going to come back with five hit points. Just have somebody right. run over and pick me up so I get 20 back. Now, instead of getting five, she's going to increase to 30, 30. revived. But she'll also give the plus 20 temporary. So when you first get revived by Finca, you'll actually have 50. But then those initial 20 will go away once the Finca boost wears off. Yep. But you actually wind up giving 10 more hit points than a player physically reviving you. Now she steps into the role of not being a liability on a revive. Now she steps into the role of being like a useful medic in that situation. Yep. You're a, a semi Finca main sometimes. I love Finca. What do you think I about love this? Finca. I'm so excited for this. I, you know, there was a period of time where I actually stopped playing as Finca because there are so many times that just like out of habit, you know, someone's like, oh, I'm down. And just like think about, oh, shoot. Only have five hit points. Wasn't now. supposed to do, yeah. One. Uh, God damn it, Dan. I was like, oh, okay. I was just trying to help. It was across the map. It was just the two of us. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be awesome. Um, I, I really do. I think that's that's much needed because I think originally um, it, I, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't 30, but it was more than five, I feel like, initially. I don't remember. It's possible. But, mm-hmm. So I'm here for that. I'm here for it for sure. Yeah, that's a cool one. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, so next up, for Kaid, they added the LFP 586 secondary to his loadout. So that is the GIGN revolver that Montaigne can take or, you know, Rook or um, Doc can take it too. So that would be that that revolver that Kaid gets now. Now, that doesn't 
replace his pistol that's in addition to his pistol because right. before he only could take the one pistol that had the ACOG scope on it. Yep. And so some people were saying like the ACOG scope can be a little hard to use on that pistol. So yes. this gives him the choice. And you know me, I'm all about choice. Don't take yep. things away. Give me choice rather than restrict me. So before yep. he only had one pistol, now he can choose between two different ones. I'm all about that. That yeah, that's gonna be awesome. That said, I don't like the revolver. I just it's I don't care for it personally. But still, it's a choice, and that's just to give you that extra option is what's important for sure. Then we have a Kali buff. Um, I know our our buddy Thunder Sniper is really gonna like this one. So because he he does a lot of Kali play. So Mm -hmm. first up, we've got reduced explosive on the Lance's fuse timer. So it used to take two and a half seconds. You know, it would kind of do that, like, you know, that grindy noise. And you'd see a little yep. bit of the cracking on the thing. And it took about two and a half seconds to do. Well, now it's only going to take one and a half seconds. So it's, nice. it's almost half as fast. Yeah. Or twice as fast, I should say. It's twice as fast almost. Almost. Um, then the uh, his, his her primary sniper rifle, the recoil has been reduced. So the um, when you take the shot, the weapon climb before the bolt action cycles and you can fire your follow-up shot, the the amount of vertical climb has now been reduced. Nice. Um, and then finally, the P-22 MK5 has been replaced with the SPS MG9. Uh, I believe that's um, uh, Clash's machine pistol in the loadout. Right. So uh, that gives her an option to... Because Kali's other option was the C-75, which mm-hmm. is a very fast-firing uh, machine pistol, but it uh, is a little clunky to ADS with because uh, it doesn't have any sight on it, and the sight profile on that particular pistol is very flat. Yeah. So it's a little hard to distinguish sometimes. Mm-hmm. And with Clash's SMG um, pistol thing, it's it has more of a sight on it. It has an act, well, now it has a it used to have a red dot, but now it's going to have a reflex. So um, it gives her a little bit of a sight option on her secondary when you're using Kali. Yeah. Again, nothing but good stuff there, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Nomad. So Nomad, like Kaid, suffers the same problem. She had that same one pistol with the ACOG on it that some people felt was just a little hard to use. So, again, they're not taking the pistol away. They're just giving her a second pistol. Yeah, so uh, whereas Kaid got the revolver, she is getting the PR-892 pistol as a secondary weapon loadout uh, in addition to the other one that she had. Uh, Fair enough. Next one is another one I know you're going to be excited for because you, you also like to play this guy sometimes, uh, and I do too, uh, Oryx. So yeah. reduced damage taken when dashing through walls. He used to take 10 damage when he crashed through walls. Now he only takes five. That's nice. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely will say because there there are certain times where it's like, yes, I need to get through this wall, but I only have 35 hit points, you know? So I'm, I'm putting myself in a, um, if I got shot, I'm, I could go into a, a down, but not out. But you know, if I'm at 25, then I'm done. Right. So like, it's, it's, I, I think that makes a lot more sense. Um, especially since like his ability is for, you know, creating the room, you know, create setting the map for you you know, molding it the way that the defenders want it to be. And I, I definitely feel like he's been taking much more of a, a penalty 
in doing what he was meant to do than he should have. You know, I'm actually not sure if he was meant to, like, remodel the sites so much. Um, mm-hmm. But that's how we wanted to use him. I think right. they just looked wanted him to be more of a different kind of roamer. But um, I want to use him a little bit more for site remodel. And I think, you know, I wanted him to essentially be sort of a defensive sledge. And I right. think that this brings him more in line with that concept. Because now, like, we used to get away with, like, we would have a thing like, okay, I'm going to do orcs. Can you take Doc? Right. I'll smash through three or four walls and then heal me back up to 100 again. Yeah. Well, now you can smash through, like, you know, six or eight walls, whatever the double of it is. And then Doc can still heal you up with one stim to the same point. So now right. you can make much more effective use of that destruction, you know, and get that remodeling of the site done. Absolutely. Um, but that's not all he has coming. He also has his bulletproof camera is being replaced with the new proximity alarm secondary gadget. Mm-hmm. Given his intention as a, a, a different kind of roamer, I think that that's a good thing. That's a good fit. I agree. And then, uh, so Oryx is, has the MP5 that Doc and Rook has, but Doc and Rook have an ACOG and he doesn't. So now what they're doing is they're also going to give him the angled foregrip option just for Oryx, not for mm-hmm. Doc and Rook. Uh, and this will allow him to, because he's got that thing when he bursts through the wall, there's like that that little delay before he can pull out his gun, so he's kind of vulnerable. Yep. This will cut down on that just a little bit. And I'll take every little bit that. I can get. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's cool. Um, yeah. All right, so now let's talk about Ella and Sophia. This is a problem that exists more on PC because they didn't really do this for console. But uh, on PC, when you get hit by either Ella or Sophia's concussion mines, uh, essentially a mouse sensitivity modifier would kick in from the concussion effect. And not only would you move slower, but you would also rotate slower and like your Mm -hmm. ABS was slower and stuff like that. So like it was super hard if you were on PC to um, like respond to situations because you were sluggish in every movement capacity, not just forward movement. Uh, We didn't really see that effect on console. Does it, uh, it, or if it was there, it was so subtle, I barely noticed it. I would say I've never noticed that. Yeah. So um, if that was way, the way they were handling it on PC, I could see that that would be super frustrating. And I could see that, yes, get rid of that. That that seems yep. like a good idea. Um, Definitely. And especially for Zofia, right? Because on Ella, you're stepping into her trap. But on Zofia. Zofia shooting it at you. Right. It's like. Like, okay, so if, like, I come into a room as an attacker and I set off an Ella mine, for me it's like, oh, I could have droned that first and discovered that was there. So, like, mm-hmm. I could have done something about that. But if I'm a defender and I'm hidden behind a desk or a whatever I'm anchoring and just that Sophia stun mine comes launching across the room from outside, there was nothing I could have done about that. Right. You know, and then I've got that penalty of not even being able to like rotate at my normal speed or aim at my normal speed. Like that's just a penalty that I just don't think should have been there. Right. So, yeah. uh, and then the final change is that, uh, Ying is getting a candela removed to bring it down to three from four. Uh, this was already done on PC, uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, but it's just now coming to console for everybody right. else. So, uh, those are the balancing changes. And then there's also one, uh, for, uh, Maestro and Alibi's ACS-12 shotgun. So this thing, uh, 
was it was kind of a meme gun where its only real purpose was wall destructibility. Like you could delete walls with that thing. Yeah. And we we had some strats that revolved around doing that. Um, yeah, we did. But now they are reducing its rate of fire and giving it slugs instead of buckshot. So it's going to make um, holes kind of like Kaid's or Goyo's mm-hmm. uh, slug yep. shotgun, kind of like that. And uh, it's going to fire at a lot slower fire rate. They are upping its damage, too, from the buckshot one. So I think when we were testing it out, it, took like, it still took like three or four slug shots to, to, to drop, drop me when you were shooting mm-hmm. at me. Uh, and I was only at two speed. I wasn't like all super armored up or anything. Right. Um. I I don't know how I feel about this yet. Like it's more yeah. stable to fire, but it, I mean it. It is. I I don't want to say it's pinpoint accuracy, but the amount of recoil initially uh, before it was a slug um, was crazy compared to what it is now. Oh, it was insane ac- uh, recoil before, but that was because they acknowledged that with the, the amount of shots it could spam in a short amount of time, they didn't want mm-hmm. it to be overpowered against people. So like many shotguns, it was better as a tool than as a weapon. Um, but now this shotgun isn't really the greatest tool and it's an, eh, okay weapon but not great i'd right. like given that his other choice is the alda uh or in the case of alibi the mx4 storm mm-hmm. if i'm gonna take an eh weapon i'd rather go with the alda or the storm oh for sure if i was gonna take the shotgun for either of those characters it was because i wanted to do sight remodeling right. i had a strat that revolved around deleting four or five walls really quickly yep and they were sort of the only operators that could really do that the way that they did that Right. Absolutely. So I'm kind of not the biggest fan of this change because it really hamstrings some of those specific strategies of how I use those shotguns and then replaces it with a weapon that's meh. Meh. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. I think I'm less meh about it than you are because I never used their shotguns really in the first place. So I never did a lot of you know, uh, room remodeling and stuff like that. Um, but I have over like the last probably month and a half, um, maybe a little bit longer. I have slowly started to enjoy playing, um, Kaid and Goyo a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, at first I was, you know, trash talking um, the weapon, you know, the damage drop off um, that they did for those shotguns. Um, and I thought I was ridiculous, but now it's not, it's not bad. Um, so like for me getting used to those, I probably still won't take that shotgun. And it's more so because of when I use her prismas, you yeah. know, it, it, you know, it shows the, you know, assault gun, whatever, but like, it's, I'm not as upset about it as you are, is the, the long version short. I'm not right. as upset about it. Well, as that's you just are. because I had some strats that, that yeah. centered yep. around using the way that it worked and it just no longer yep. works that way. So that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that we're going to talk about today is the changes for ranked. Uh, so ranked is getting a few changes. First up is match cancellation. So uh, with match cancellation, basically, if you're starting a ranked match uh, as the round begins, maybe somebody leaves 
whatever it is, the round begins and you're playing four on five, right? Yeah. Now, if you're playing in casual, you are going to get uh, another person thrown in there probably in relatively short order. But in ranked, it doesn't occur. So uh, you wind up being essentially down a person, but you're playing for ranked, so more is on the line, and a lot of people think it's unfair. So what you can do is in that situation, when the match first begins uh, on that first round there during the prep phase, the team can select match cancellation. And then if the significant majority of the team uh, also votes for that, then the match will be canceled and there is no adjustment to uh, rank or MMR. You are not penalized for dumping out of the match. Uh, so, but that option only becomes viable if somebody leaves as leaves. the match is starting and leaves you a man down in that awkward situation. Now, is it, is it, they actually leave or they get disconnected because those are two different uh, things. Yeah. So there's the drawback. It can be either. Uh, and then what can happen is, so say we begin our match, right? Mm -hmm. And you get disconnected and the rest of the people on your team, um, do the match cancellation and then you can't rejoin because the match doesn't exist anymore. You will still get an abandoned penalty. That's dumb. It is, but I can see on their end how it's like, well, it's going to be either one way or the other because they can't uh, yeah. tell people's intentions. Yeah, that's true. You know, they can't be like, Oh, this guy left because his connection crashed. Whereas this guy left because he's doing, you know, like a, like a data switcher where he turns it off and back on again to force a reconnector. Um, you know, like they can't always tell the reason. Mm -hmm. um, but I would think they the game would at least know if somebody went into like, because you have to press buttons to access the in-game menus to choose quit match. Like right. the game should at least be able to tell if you do that on purpose. Yeah. But... I, I don't know if they're able to discern if you just if your internet connection suddenly disappears if that was like you did something on purpose or if it was completely on accident because sometimes people right. will um they'll I forget what they're called I don't know what they're called because I don't use them but they're like these kind of switches that you can throw on the back of a router that like a physical oh, switch yeah. that interrupts the the signal and then it, it causes that disconnect but then there's like there's reasons people do it I don't know what they are because I'm not part of this world of people that do ding dong things like this and i love that about you <laughs> but there, there there's ways that you can abuse the ability to to leave and rejoin and the point is on their end they can't tell when the internet signal is disrupted if that's for a valid reason or an accidental reason or a on purpose right. manipulation reason so yeah i hear you it's stupid but what are you gonna do um right. other things that they're changing about ranked so uh it is no longer going to be a uh regional rank rank is now going to be a global rank uh so the way this used to work before is if we placed platinum uh which doesn't happen but if we placed platinum because uh, we are typically golds then we would be uh platinum in here in north america right in in, in it might even be this section of north america even i'm not right. sure but uh then say somehow we hopped on with uh some buddies that listen to our podcast over in europe and somehow our eight hour time difference delay somehow didn't matter but uh so we hopped on we were playing with them well now we our rank wouldn't be in their zone right so for matchmaking purposes it wouldn't recognize that we were at this uh this other rank uh now it's saying no it doesn't matter if you if you play in one country versus another country whatever server region you hop into your rank is your rank it carries mm -hmm. with you wherever you go uh and that to me makes sense yo absolutely Plus, there was ways that people could abuse that, 
you know, they mm-hmm. could do some uh, some noob stomping. They could achieve a high rank in one region and then they could go to the next region over and then, you know, kind of get some easy matches that way because it wasn't recognizing their higher rank. So that won't happen anymore. Nice. That's um, good. They've also raised the ceiling for playing ranked matches to level 50. They say that this is an attempt on their part to combat smurfing and cheating because the people that create the smurf accounts have to then take the time to level them up to 50 before they can get in rank and smurf in ranked. Um, what do you think about that? I think that's a great idea. I do. I think too. that's awesome. I hope that it sort of puts uh, like like people will be less likely to create Smurf accounts, but I do worry that those that do will be just Smurfing in the casual pool. In casual longer. more. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause they're trying to then grind to that 50. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it takes forever to grind to 50. I mean, it's just, it's a longer slog, but it's not, you know, unachievable. Day, by any means. Right. But yeah. So I see the good and the bad in that. Props to them for doing anything to address smurfing. So, uh, you know, absolutely. I'm going to call that a win. I think exactly. That's, you know, even if it's a small win, that's a win for sure. Yeah. And then the final change that they're making to ranked is that in order to achieve the champion rank, they have a requirement that uh, to be eligible for champion, you have to have played 100 ranked matches. Uh, So in other words, if you're a champion, you've really earned it. Not that you won all of your 10 placement matches and then won a few more and then all of a sudden you're champion, you know, like, no, you've really, if you're going to say that you're the best of the best, then you got to put in the time to be the best of the best is what they want to do with that. What do you think about that? I'm here for that. I'm definitely here for that. I think, you know, especially like it's, you know, it's one thing to be really good at this game and just get really lucky um, and, you know, rank up really easily because of some luck. It's another thing to be like, I'm good at this game. I consistently stay good at this game. And I have put in my 100 plus matches to prove that I actually deserve, you know, this. I mean, I wouldn't think that too many people achieve champion by luck, but uh, certainly, I mean, you know what I mean? Certainly you could have a situation where somebody got into it by the skin of their teeth but yep. maybe do, can't necessarily hold it. Like maybe they're, maybe there is legit diamond. Whereas having to play a hundred matches to get there, you really got to hold your own in those upper ranks before you attain that. And again, if you want to have the title of being among this part of the best of the best of the game, then, you know, we're making you compete at those higher levels for longer to really put in the blood, sweat and tears to earn it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing too. Yeah. I'm here for that for sure. Okay. Well, as you can see, we've talked about so much stuff in this week's episode. Uh, We've got other things that we're going to be talking about in next week's episode. A lot of things that will be the test server is going to be continuing to change and evolve over the four week period. So, you know, anything that they're going to be doing and adjusting in there, we'll be talking about next week. We're also going to be discussing some other things that I can't wait to bring to you in next week's show. If you haven't already, please do go ahead and uh, follow and like the podcast so that you stay up to date on all the stuff that we're talking about every week. Make sure you also join us over at Rainbow Six Radio on Reddit. You can engage with us there in our uh, various threads. You can post your own questions and comments. You can post your gameplay highlights. We have a Q&A thread there, so if you have a question that you would like answered in a future episode, you can go ahead and post it there, and Captain and I are more than happy to answer your questions 
on the Rainbow Six Radio Reddit. Additionally, you can also follow Captain at an I on Twitter. I am IcyCat25 on either Facebook or Twitter. And you can follow Captain over at Capdan's Ghost. That's Captain, like Cap Can. Captain's Ghost over on Twitter as well. And that is just some great ways that you can get a hold of us. And we will be working on everything going into next week's episode. So until next time, we will see you later. This has been Rainbow Six Radio. Be sure to tune in next time for even more Rainbow Six talk, news, and information.